How you feeling, guys? And you guys got all quiet. You guys were worshiping all loud and enjoying the presence of God, getting into worship, and it's just like the holy hush. <laughs> Happy New Year, everybody. How about this, huh? 2023 is really quickly going to be in our rear view mirrors. What do you think about that? Huh? Some of you are like, I'm glad. Get this year over with. Bring on the new. Anyway, happy new year, guys. Hey, uh, uh, God is good, and he's been very faithful in 2023, and guess what? He's going to be faithful in 2024, amen? Can we praise the Lord for that this morning? Amen? All right, let's get to God's word. I'm so glad you guys are here on the last day of the year. Just give yourselves a hand, pat yourself on the back, say, I've done a good thing today. All right. If you're watching online, go ahead and do that too. So you tell yourself you've done a good thing by turning on the stream. No, it's what a great way to end the year by being in the house of the Lord. Is that right? Yes. Amen. So you might want to nudge your neighbor if they're tired and wake them up as we go to the word uh, this morning. One more time. Let's go to the Old Testament book of Isaiah chapter 9. We have been in this text now for like three weeks. This is the fourth Sunday we've been in this text. I know our, our media team is like, they could probably quote this verse like verbatim and by heart because we've seen it so much. They've been putting it in the computer for the slides, and many of you can quote it as well. So let's, let's read Isaiah 9, 6 through 7 uh, together as we have one more descriptive name of Jesus to talk about today. Isaiah 9. 6 through 7. Read it with me, okay? For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. Let's say this with, with some, some emphasis, all right? And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So I want to spend one more Sunday in this text. And uh, it's, it's uh, as we've talked about, it's a great Christmas text, but the prophet Isaiah, when he wrote it, you know, centuries upon centuries upon centuries ago, you know, he, he didn't feel the divine inspiration from the Holy Spirit and say, man, it's, it's going to look great on some Christmas cards. It's, it's going to look great on some Christmas decoration, and then they can take it down and put it away until the next year, you know? No, this is, it, it's prophecy that has been foretold and then fulfilled and still being fulfilled and means a lot to us even today as we close out the year 2023. How many of you guys had a good Christmas, speaking of Christmas? Yeah? Any bah humbugs? Any, any, any Grinches? If there's a Grinch, we need you next Sunday, like Megan said, to help us tear down all the beautiful decorations, you know? It was a good day, wasn't it? Christmas was good. How many are blessed? This year, it was a blessed Christmas, amen? I'm blessed, I've got my older daughter, Tatum, and her husband, Taylor, with us today. Can you guys welcome them? Yay! This is Taylor's first Sunday. He's been here before, but he wasn't here on a Sunday. He's like, I don't want to hear him preach. I'm flying out, you know, on Saturday, you know? 
but, but so he has to hear me today. Sorry, Taylor, get another cup of coffee. But I'm glad they're here, and, and I'm glad all of you guys are here. You know, as a pastor, you're like, okay, last day of the year, it could be feast or famine as far as the attendance goes. But look, it's a great crew. You are here, man, and I'm glad to see you. And you online, I'm glad you, you're joining us from wherever you are, whether you're home in your PJ still drinking a cup of coffee or you're traveling. Thanks for streaming in. Okay, <clears throat> so as we were in our series, Hello, My Name is God, you know, we, we shifted to talking about the names of Jesus that the prophet Isaiah prophesied. And we've been, you know, like I said, during this Christmas season. And if you recall, at the beginning of December, we started with Emmanuel, God with us. And then we unpacked, you know, wonderful counselor, mighty God. We talked about the POP, the Prince of Peace last week. And now I want to finish this hybrid part of our series with Everlasting Father. Then next week we're going to pick it back up with, with some more of the, the names of God. And real soon we're going to be getting into the compound covenant names of God, the Jehovah, and then the descriptor name like Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Nisi, uh, these compound covenant names of God. But today I want to talk about Everlasting Father and, and what a journey it's been this December the prophet Isaiah has called Jesus a child, a counselor. He's called him mighty. He's called him peaceful. He's called him a son. And now he calls Jesus an everlasting father. An everlasting father. And this is quite a descriptive title for Jesus to end on because it's one that's caused many people to kind of just scratch their heads. It's an intriguing title to give to Jesus Christ. This verse was written over 700 years before Christ arrived. So it's an interesting title in Isaiah's prophecy. And, and out of these four in this very famous passage of Scripture, it's probably the title of Jesus that most people understand the least. And we don't really talk about it too much and I know I'd been using um, a song by Jeremy Riddle over the last couple of weeks uh, about Jesus, his name, and he, he, he goes and sings about these things. But I don't know if you've noticed, but one thing that kind of frustrated me even when I was making the video is he never says everlasting father in the song. He talks about all the other ones. He talks about Jesus being the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace, mighty God. He even says he's the omnipotent one, but he never says everlasting father. And you know, when we look at Isaiah 9 and 6, we get Emmanuel, God with us, especially that's in Isaiah 7, 14. Right? We get that. Jesus is with us. He's with us all the time, right? We understand wonderful counselor. We proclaim that he is the mighty God. Thank you. Amen. <laughs> all right. I don't, are you guys away? Is we here out there? No. We understand he's mighty God. We understand that he is the prince of peace and we rest in that. But Jesus, the everlasting father, you know, like Scooby-Doo, you know what I mean? It's like, what? The everlasting father? Wait, Greg, isn't, isn't Jesus the son of God? If he's the son of God, then how is he father? How is he everlasting father? So I want to take a few moments. I want to talk about some solid doctrine for a bit. Is that okay? Can we talk about solid doctrine? Well, if you like it or not, we're going to. All right, all right. Look, the prophet Isaiah is not saying that Jesus 
is God the Father here in this verse. That's not what Isaiah is saying. Look, Jesus is the second member of the Trinity. Write that in your Creek notes. He's the second member of the Trinity. Gang, this is a foundational doctrine. This is a non, or this is a very essential element of belief. It's not a non-essential. A lot of times people say, well, hey, Greg, what are the essential doctrines and what are not? This is essential. The Trinity is essential. It's an essential element of belief. And the prophet Isaiah is not writing that God the Father and Jesus are the same person by giving Jesus this descriptive title of everlasting Father. Now, there's some who do believe that, that Jesus and the Father are one person, and this belief is called modalism. And it was refuted by the early church fathers, and it was denounced as a heresy in the early church. Did you guys hear that? It was denounced by the early church fathers. Tertullian was one of them. And it was, it was proclaimed as a heresy in the early church. And there's some that like to use this verse, Isaiah 9, 6, as a proof text that Jesus really is the Father and there, that there's only a unity, not a trinity. But the prophet prophesying that Jesus is the everlasting Father does not mean that Jesus is the first person of the trinity. Look, Jesus isn't the Father and Jesus isn't the Holy Spirit. He's the second person in the Trinity, the Son. We are a Trinitarian believing church, right? Amen? Yes, we are. And the prophet is not prophesying anything here regarding the Trinity here in our text. And, and I often want to ask those that have a, a bent for modalism or what's commonly today called the oneness doctrine, you know, who is Jesus talking to when when he was on the cross, and we see in Matthew 27, 46, when, when Jesus cried out on the cross now, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I jest that according to the modalist belief, he should have called out myself, myself. Why have I forsaken myself, right? But that doesn't fit, does it? There's a couple places in the New Testament where God the Father speaks in an audible voice and he says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. How many have read that in the scriptures? Yes? I often picture God's voice was like, this is my beloved son. You know, some like deep, you know. I don't think he would have an English accent or anything like that, you know. That just is a majestic voice. But according to the motive, I want to say, what, what did Jesus, while he's there, did he like throw his voice in the air like a ventriloquist and like, this is me, me, and I'm pleased with myself. No, it, that, that doesn't work at all. Again, that's why modalism was refuted. It was refuted and it was denounced in the early church. The truth is, guys, the father sent the son, but the father was also in the son. It's important to see in Scripture. God the Father sent the Son. John 3.16 is one very great proof text of that, okay? But the Father was also in the Son. 
In the Gospel of John, Jesus told the disciples that, that he'd be going away. But he told them that he would come again and get them or receive them to himself. And praise God, that's talking to us as well. How many are waiting for Jesus? I am, I am, as we go from 2023 to 2024, I'm like, Lord Jesus, come this year, all right? This year, let this year be the year. Anybody else with me? But Jesus said, I'm going to go away and I'm going to come back. I'm going to receive you guys unto myself. And I'm going to take you to where I am. And then Jesus said that they knew the way. And then Thomas, the, the, the apostle, then countered Jesus. And I love Jesus' response. It's John 14, verses 5 through 10. Thomas said, no, we don't know, Lord. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? I mean, how about Thomas? I was like, wait a minute, Jesus, we, we don't know where you're going. What are you talking about? How do we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him, and you have seen him. Philip chimes in, Lord, I mean, it's such a, such a great request, right? Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied, you know? I'm sure he said it just like that, you know what I mean? He's, he's getting all religious, like, Jesus, show us the Father, right? That sounds like a good request, right? Jesus kind of burst his bubble in verse 9. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know who I am? Oh, Lord. Don't, I pray that God doesn't, Jesus doesn't say that to any of us at the end of 2023. It's like, I've been among you guys all, that's a whole other sermon. That's not even in my notes. But I've been with you guys all this time. You still don't know who I am personally? Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and yet you still don't know who I am? Anyone who's seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me and does his work through me. The Father is in me and does his work through me. Jesus was telling them, although we are two different persons of the Godhead, we are one together. The Father sent the Son, and the Father was also in the Son. And it's no wonder then in, in the Gospel of John chapter 18... Judas had betrayed Jesus and Jesus and the other apostles were, were out on the, the mountain in the garden and, and Judas had grabbed a mob of soldiers and Jewish religious officers and, and, and temple guards and they came to arrest Jesus and they came up to Jesus and they asked them, they, they asked Jesus, uh, or Jesus asked them, sorry, who are you seeking? Jesus said, who are you seeking? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And then Jesus then said, I am he, I am he. And in verse 6 of John 18 says that when Jesus said that, when Jesus said, I am he, the scripture showed that the mob drew back, they, they lurched backward, and they all fell to the ground. It's in John 18, verse 6, check it out. They all fell to the ground. I mean, dang, Roman soldiers, man, tough guys, right? Jewish religious officers, all of them reeled and staggered back and fell to the ground when Jesus said, I am he. Why did that happen? 
Why did, why did that happen when Jesus said, I am he? Did you catch those first two words of what Jesus said? Jesus basically said, I am. Hmm. Didn't we learn that about God and his name Jehovah in Exodus 3 when he is telling Moses, I am. So even right there in the Gospel of John, Jesus was giving this mob an irrefutable declaration of his deity saying, I am. He was equating himself with the Father, even had his rest. And that is power right there. Power, even at the very mention, I am. Boom, they fell down. See, Jesus was the perfect representation of the Father on this earth. The perfect representation of of the Father. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 in the New Testament, the author writes, The Son radiates God's own glory and expresses the very character of God, and He sustains everything by the mighty power of His command. When He had cleansed us from our sins, He sat down in the place of honor at the right hand of the majestic God in heaven. And Jesus had been teaching and he started answering some Jews' questions to him again in John 8, and he pretty much states what was in the creek notes in John 8, 27, verse 30, 27 through 30. They did not understand that Jesus had been speaking to them about the Father, so Jesus said to them, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you'll know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority, but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He's not left me alone, for I always do the things that are pleasing to him. Jesus was the perfect representation of the Father. It's incredible that as a member of the divine trinity, Jesus will always be known as the Son. And yet, he's also called the everlasting Father. And that means something special to us and for us. You see, Jesus being the everlasting Father isn't talking about the relationship of the deity to itself. No, this title is personal to us. This title, Everlasting Father, just like Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, Mighty God, it's talking about the relationship that Christ has with us and towards us. It has nothing to do with the, the, with, with the Trinity, has nothing to do with the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. No, no, this is about us. This title is about you and me and humanity and those who call upon his name. He is the everlasting Father. And there's three ways in which this title, everlasting Father, speaks to us. First off, it, it shows that Jesus is the creator of all things. He's the creator of all things. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 3, John writes, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things, all things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. See, everlasting Father could read Father of Eternity, which implies he was the creator of it all. And that's so awesome that the prophet Isaiah would write such a thing centuries before Christ arrived. Gang, okay, I've mentioned this before, but nothing just happened on its own. 
Nothing that we see and know and, and all and experience, nothing that just happened on its own spontaneously. It was all created by the Lord through Jesus Christ. And, and I've mentioned, but like, you know, buildings, you know, that we love the buildings that, that we see in cities and all around us, you know, our, our houses that we live in and that we buy and that we rent and all that kind of stuff, you know. Well, what happened? One day we're all just kind of walking along or somebody's walking along and then boom, uh, a house just happened. Downtown, a, a city just more from a quarter that was laying in the street, right? No. The, the buildings show that there was an architect. There was a planner. There, there was a building, you know, paintings, beautiful works of art, you know. Uh, do they just paint themselves, create themselves, by themselves? All of a sudden it's like, whoa, there's a beautiful painting right there. No. The very act that there are paintings, beautiful works of art, prove there was an artist creating them. All that we see, everything, our air, our world, our space, atmosphere, I mean, our bodies, I mean, we can go on and on and on. It was all created by the Lord, right? The Apostle Paul writes in Colossians 1.16, For through him, Jesus Christ, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see. So the prophet Isaiah is letting all the world know with this prophetic description of Jesus as the eternal father that Jesus is the creator of it all. Second way it speaks to us is everlasting father is about the Messiah's relationship to time. To time. See, everlasting father is an idiom used to describe this relationship that Jesus has in relation to time. And where time is concerned, Jesus is eternal. Jesus is eternal. Colossians 1.17, the Apostle Paul wrote that he existed before anything else and he holds all creation together. There's another Christian, a Christmas prophecy in the Old Testament book of Micah that, that doubles down on prophesying that Jesus is eternal. It's Micah 5, verse 2 he prophesies, but you, O Bethlehem, Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose coming forth is from of old, from ancient of days. In our text, the prophet Isaiah writes that a, a child would be born way into the future, centuries, but that this child would be the author of eternity. And gang, if Jesus isn't eternal, then he isn't God. Then he's not deity. If he's not eternal, then he's not deity. But the prophet prophesies that Jesus is the everlasting father and he is eternal. Look, before the, the sun shone brightly and warms us and warms our planet, there was Jesus. Before the depths and the awesomeness of the ocean, there's Jesus. Before the vast expanse of space, Jesus. Before the earth was created in six days, Jesus. Before atoms and molecules and all that, Jesus. You guys get what I'm saying here? First Peter 1.20, the apostle Peter writes, Jesus was foreknown before the foundation of the world, but was made manifest in the last times for your sakes. Get this, Jesus always was. Write that down on your creek notes or in a little notepad on your phone or something. Jesus always 
was. Another aspect of time that speaks to us and goes along with Jesus being eternal is also that Jesus is forever. He's forever. Jesus always was and Jesus always will be. Write that down, you know. Jesus always was and he always will be. Jesus is the everlasting father. Hebrews 13, 8, the New Testament writer writes, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same, praise the Lord. I don't think you guys heard that. I don't think you guys understand what the writer of Hebrews is writing there, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The good news of that is that he, he doesn't change. He doesn't shift or pivot due to the latest trend or craze on TikTok like we do so much, right? Anybody else get a big Stanley for Christmas, a big Stanley mug that costs like $3,000 because of a TikTok craze, you know? <laughs> Jesus doesn't shift. He doesn't pivot because of what's popular or what's not popular. Jesus isn't a changing with the times. He's not worried about staying relevant. He's not worried about, you know, being on trend. No, he's the wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father. And that means you and I, we can count on Jesus because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the same all the time, praise the Lord. And Jesus is the author of everlasting life. He's the author of everlasting life. But you know what? Going back to he doesn't change, that's good news for us as we end a year looking into a new year, right? The same Jesus that was faithful in 2023, like I said earlier, he's going to be faithful in 2024 and then 2025 and then 2026 and then 27 and 28 and 29 and 30 and 31 and 32 and 33 yeah, you guys are like, okay, how long are you going to go? I don't know. How long do we have, right? You know, especially while we're on this earth or until Jesus comes. Jesus will be faithful. He'll remain faithful, amen? And he's the author of everlasting life. Guys, this speaks of time and speaks directly to us on a personal level. Listen, we are not eternal on our own. How many of you woke up this morning and you said, I am eternal, <laughs> Uh, I hope not, because you'd be in a comic book, all right, and, and, and not be telling your, yourself the truth. We're not eternal on our own, but we are obtaining eternal and everlasting life in and through Jesus Christ, the everlasting Father. John 10, 27 through 28, Jesus said, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them, what does he give us? eternal life and they will never perish. Praise the Lord. That is so good. That means death for the believer is not the end. We will have life in Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, no one can snatch them away from me. Praise the Lord. He's the author of everlasting life. Do you want eternal life? Then run to Jesus, the everlasting father. Now there's a pretty popular band and they once sang the song, who wants to live forever? And they had that little vibrato just like that, okay? I want to tell that band, I do. I want eternal life. And I want it with Jesus Christ, amen? 
and he gives everlasting life and it's only through him because he died upon the cross, he went into the grave and three days later he arose again from the dead. Praise the Lord, man. How can you be so quiet when I'm telling you the good news of the gospel? That even when we die, death is not the end. We're going to live forever with Jesus Christ when we call upon him. Amen? But the opposite of everlasting life, you know what it is? Everlasting death. And that's what awaits those who do not turn to Jesus and follow him. They don't walk with him as his disciple and follower. They don't take up their cross and follow him. There's no relationship there with Jesus. They reject him. They push him off. They, they deny him. Listen, that's the way to everlasting death. But the good news is that our everlasting father, Jesus Christ, willingly and freely gives everlasting life to all who call upon his name, Romans 10, 13. Everlasting Father is also number three, how it speaks to us. It's about the Messiah being a ruler, a ruler. Not like, you know, you measure things out. Like, you know, I can see some of you thinking, a ruler? I don't know. No, a ruler. <laughs> Many rulers in days gone by were considered the fathers of their land or the fathers of their country. Even America has a father of our country. Who is he? Any of my American history buffs in here? Who is it? That's right. George Washington. It's considered the father of our country. <laughs> I've been covering over the last few weeks about how the prophets write about Jesus fulfilling the Davidic promise of, of one who will come as a ruler and sit on the throne of David forever. Well, gang, everlasting father speaks of this as well. Because you see, Jesus Christ is king. He's king, praise God. Dude, I just love saying that. Jesus Christ is king, amen? Last week you talked that he's the prince of peace. This week he is king. First Timothy chapter 6 verses 13 through 15. And I charge you before God who gives life to all before Christ Jesus who, who gave a good testimony before Pontius Pilate that you obey this command without wavering. Then no one can find fault with you from now until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again for at just the right time Christ will be revealed from heaven by the blessed and only almighty God, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Can we praise Jesus? He deserves our praise, amen? Come on, you Dallas fans. I know you were yelling louder last night as you were having a heart attack after heart attack with your team. Just kidding. He's king of kings and lord of lords, amen? You know I'm, you know I'm being right, though. It's all good, amen? Jesus Christ is the king. And gang, all Everyone will bow before him and confess that he is the Lord, Philippians 2, 9 through 11. So I want us to lift him up this morning on the last day of 2023. Jesus, you are the king. We declare you king of kings and Lord of lords. Man, that's strong, right? An everlasting father presents a strong figure, a strong 
king, amen? Jesus is strong and mighty. He's El Gabor. We talked about that three weeks ago. Mighty God. He isn't some weakling that hardly can do anything. He isn't someone who needs to work out and build his strength over at Crunch Fitness. He doesn't get tired. Jesus doesn't need rest. We serve a strong and a mighty Jesus who is king forever, amen? Woo! And that's such good news, man. Because as our king, he is a fatherly ruler, a fatherly ruler who provides and protects. He's our benevolent protector. He's our benevolent protector. King, that's what an ideal king would do, protect and provide for his subjects. As believers, as disciples and followers, as as citizens under our king, we really don't have to fear anything. We really have nothing to fear because we're protected by the everlasting father. Just as a dad typically hovers and protects their children. My dad was ultra cautious with us. When I went to college and he would learn of things that I I would do down there, it it would just drive him crazy, okay? Uh, Drive him nuts, you know? But my dad's the kind, it's like when we'd be traveling, you know, and leaving, it's like, call me when you get there and want to make sure you're safe and all that kind of stuff. And now me with my girl, they probably get tired of me saying, you know, where you're going somewhere, be aware of your surroundings. Look for suspicious people. Make sure you're checking things out. Look around, you know, be cautious, all that kind of stuff. Because fathers, we, we want to protect our kids, right? Grandchildren want, or we want to, grandparents want to protect their grandchildren. Well, Jesus, our everlasting father, will provide and protect whatever we face. Especially as we close out 2023 and We look into the new year. Whatever we face this new year, Jesus will provide and protect. Listen, this isn't just fluff. As we peer into 2024, and as Megan already stole my thunder and said more in 24, all right? Maybe after Christmas you're you're feeling like it's, I am poor in 24, you know what I mean? I am going to get back to the gym, and I'm going to be sore in 24. I I was already that Aaron's work, Aaron and Jeff's workout the other day, I could hardly walk. If we do it again in 24, I'll be sore in 24, right? But in reality, gang, we, as we look at 2024, we don't know what the next year will bring us, do we? Could be good. It might be hard. It could be sad. We don't know. But listen, we have a fatherly ruler who will protect and provide for us. And with that, and I'm closing soon, with that, he exercises fatherly care over us. Fatherly care over us. You see, Jesus, as he was the perfect representation of the Father on earth, Jesus represents the Father's love for us. And he gives us fatherly care. You know, some of us were blessed to have wonderful fathers. I was. My dad was awesome, man. He was a great father. And some of us were blessed to have wonderful fathers, fathers who were there and present, and they provided, they helped, they blessed us, they, they protected us, they sacrificed for us. And gang, Jesus does all of that, like our earthly fathers, with care and love, but with so much more, so much more. But I know the, the honest truth is, sadly, some of you, you probably didn't have, there's some of you that didn't have good earthly fathers, they were absent. They, they weren't present. They maybe were abusive or too demanding. Maybe they're a bad example to you. They're cruel, distant, unreliable. 
Listen, Jesus, our everlasting Father, let him be the Father that you always wanted, that you always needed. Everything that you ever dreamed of the Father could be, that relationship you always wanted, it can be found in Jesus, the everlasting Father. You see, Jesus will love his people under his rule as a father, a good father loves his children. And he'll care for us, nurture us, help us, comfort us, assure us. He will be present with us, lead us, provide for us, and help us in our greatest times of need. What do you have need of as we close this year and go into the next? Whatever you have need of, it's found in the all-sufficiency of Jesus Christ, the everlasting Father. And one of my last points is that our days are in his hands. And I love this. Our days are in his hands. The psalmist writes in Psalm 31:15, my times are in your hand. I love that. And even though we look around and we, we see chaos and division and, and craziness and suffering and unfairness and 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 person against person that I talked about last week. And we're in a world of turmoil all around us. And it's all crazy. We are in Jesus, the everlasting Father's hands. And all of our concerns as believers, as citizens under our King Jesus' rule, all of our concerns are in his hands. And it's comforting to know that as we begin 2024, Tomorrow, we are in the very hollow of his hands. Do you know what that is? What the hollow of your hand is? You know, we, we moved here from Kentucky, and they, my family's, my dad's side is from the hollers of Kentucky. That's not what I'm talking about. The hollow. That's that space way in here, that curve. And there's protection, there's safety and security. Edmund S. Lawrence wrote a a song called The Hollow of God's Hands. And the lyrics say, I am safe, whatever may betide me. I am safe, whoever may deride me. I am safe as long as I confide me in the hollow of God's hands. What though fierce the stormy blasts roar around me, what though sore life's trials oft confound me, I am safe, for not of ill can wound me in the hollow of God's hand. Gang, no matter what comes our way, whether that be blessings or hardships next year and beyond, whether that be laughters or tears, whether it's smiles or frowns, whether it's good days or bad days coming in 2024, Jesus will be there every day, all the time, 24-7, 365. Amen? And we are in his hands. Charles Spurgeon, the, the prince of preachers, one of the greatest preachers of the 20th century, wrote, my ups and my downs, my health and my sickness, my poverty and my wealth, all these are in the hand of the Lord. 
who arranges and appoints according to his holy will the length of my days and the darkness of my nights. The truth is some of us are gonna have dark nights this next year. Jesus is gonna be there, amen? Storms and calms vary the seasons at the divine appointment. Whether times are reviving or depressing remains with him who is Lord both of time and of eternity and we're glad it is so. Whatever is to come out of our life is in his hands, praise the Lord. Take comfort this morning on the very last day of 2023. You might be here and, and, and you may be watching online and, and you're already anxious about the next year. There's already trepidation, okay? You're not sure if next year is going to be a good year at all. And you're like, ah. Oh. Listen, knowing your heart, that if you've called upon his name and he's your Savior and your Lord, you're his. He's your king. And your times and your days are in his hands, the everlasting Father. My very last point is, and it's short and quick, and we're going to pray, and we're going to go home, and we're going to party like it's 2023 tonight. <laughs> He will be our king and ruler forever. That's what everlasting father speaks to us. You know, too many times we, we, have, we have had to say goodbye to earthly fathers. Some have said that in death. And some have said it simply because they live at a distance from each other. And I've had to say too many times to my dad and Megan with her dad, goodbye. Because we live at a distant place in the U.S., so we'll never have to say goodbye to Jesus and he'll never have to say goodbye to us. And his role is our king, our protector and provider. It's not gonna be limited by aging or growing old or, or even death like it limits many here on earth. He's our king and ruler forever and ever and ever. And he's with you now and will be with you. He is the everlasting father. Lord, I just pray that as we close out this year that you would help us. Help us to know in our hearts the truth of, of this title, this, this obscure title that's often looked over, that's, that's bypassed because we don't truly seem to understand it all the time. Yes, Lord, we love you. We're wonderful counselor. Mighty God, Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, God is with us. We preach about it, teach about these titles. We talk about them. We know them. Let us know the truth about you being our everlasting Father, Jesus. And what that means to us, especially at the close of a year, especially the very last day of the year, looking into the next year. Thank you that you, you love us. Thank you that you've provided a way for us, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, that, that when we call upon you and we're, we're following you and we're sheep, following you, our shepherd, you provide for us, you protect us, and Lord Jesus, you keep us in your hands. Lord, I pray that if there's anybody here this morning or they're watching online, Lord, and is this the last day of the year 
And they've not made you their Savior and Lord. They haven't ran to you, Jesus. They've not turned to you and looked upon you as King of their life and Lord of their heart. Lord, don't, don't let them let this day go by to where they don't bow before you and confess you as Lord and Savior of their life and turn to you and repent of their sins and decide to live for you under your rule. Let them leave the throne of their lives and let you take occupancy, Jesus. For one day, Lord, like, you, like your word says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you're Lord. We either do it now in this time and place or we will do it in eternity. But by then, It will be late for many. If that's you this morning, look, I don't have to call you forward. I don't, nothing like Turn to Jesus right now. Paul writes that if anybody confesses with their mouth that Jesus is their Lord and they believe in their heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you'll be saved. You'll be part of the family of God. The gospel writer John says if we confess that we're sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us. Turn to Jesus today. Maybe you're here, you're watching online, and there's trepidation, anxiety, some apprehension, some fear as we close out this year and we look to the next. Take heart. Take heart. You're in our King's hands. Let Him move in your life. Let Him speak peace to you this morning. Let Him surround you with His presence give you his love and grace today. Lord, touch us. Do that heart surgery spiritually on every heart this morning and minister to us all, I pray. And we ask this in the name of Jesus, the everlasting Father. Amen. 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 Look, I'm going to be down here if you need prayer for anything, if, and if, 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 if you'd like to join me in praying for others, if, come down here. And if, if, and if you gave your heart to the Lord, listen, tell somebody. Tell somebody. Say, man, I made Christ my Lord and Savior today. I committed my life to him. I'd love it if you'd tell me. I want to rejoice with you and welcome you to the family of God. If you need prayer for anything else, I would love to pray with you. Be over here as we sing this closing song. Listen, God bless you all. He's the everlasting Father. Let's have a happy new year.